This is No Stop Lights with Ken R. Another edition of No Stop Lights. I want to thank our sponsors as we always do. Mickey Finn's Marlboro Pity Electric Co-op, Carolina Bank, and Pepsi of Florence. Thank you so much to our sponsors. And here's another edition of No Stop Lights. I don't know that we can begin this show uh, by talking about anything other than uh, the Biden family. And it seems to me, I mean, it, we're, we're being inundated now. I mean, even in mainstream media. I mean, I made a point yesterday to watch some CNN to go to the Washington Post and New York Times. I mean, they're doing it as protective as they can. But we have a major, major scandal, maybe the biggest scandal in modern American political history, if some of these things are true. Now, now once again, there, there are, there's a lot of smoke here, Josh. There's an incredible amount of smoke. I don't have any idea how much fire there is. Uh, I do believe, and I've said it consistently, um, I've asked one simple question. Uh, how did the Bidens get wealthy? And I think we're beginning to see how the Bidens um, got wealthy. There, there's kind of an interesting opinion out there now of some. Uh, I didn't, uh, this opinion didn't originate with me, but I may ascribe uh, to this opinion. There's an opinion out there now that once Biden got reelected vice president on the Obama ticket, he knew the political career was nearing an end. I mean, he'd never, you can't play that card of being president one day. I think Biden knew he was in the winter of a political career. Um, he knew that his better days were in the rearview mirror. He knew that he was aging, probably not as well as some age. And I think, uh, and I, I'm kind of, I, I subscribe to this opinion. I think that he told Hunter, let's make all we can make. I mean, let's hmm. do all we can. Um, you know, the president, Obama's a young guy, right? I mean, there was no doubt he was going to have a lucrative post-presidency uh, when you talk about money and speeches and sitting on boards and whatnot. I mean, in all honesty, Obama is probably the most marketable former president we've ever had. Yeah. Speeching engagements, um, you know, wh wherever. I mean, I, I don't have any idea what he's made. I mean, you know, the rights to tell a story, you know, from Simon and Schuster, some of these major uh, printing houses, you just had to believe that a guy's charismatic, as uh, and and transformative as he was. Now, once again, not a big fan, but but I got to give. Uh, I would say the devil is due, but I'd get in trouble if I said you got to give <laughs> a guy's due. Um, you know, you got to give. Uh, he was unbelievably talented in the field of um, in the field, still is in the field of politics. So when when Obama gets reelected in 2012, yeah, 2008, 2012, when he gets reelected in 2012, there's a, there's a mindset out there or an opinion out there that Joe Biden saw that as his last hurrah. Where do I go from? I'm not Obama. I mean, I'm not, you know, there's, there's, there's no chance that I am as marketable as Obama is. There's, mo more, no, there's zero chance that my post-political life is going to be as financially lucrative as Barack Obama. And kind of went to Hunter and said, hey, you know all these things we've done over the years? Accelerate. I mean, let's do more of those. Let's um, kind of a no-holes-barred approach. Now, once again, I don't know that that's the truth, but there's some opinions out there from credible sources or credible people, and they kind of um, they kind of believe that. And it makes perfect sense. I mean, if you're an older guy, you've been to the Senate all your life, you've, um, you've done more than you, you – know, let's, say, let's say up until Biden becoming the vice president, his career was centered, uh, similar to Mitch McConnell. Remember Joe said yesterday – you're not hearing much out of one of the most prominent Republicans in America 
because his closet is probably full of skeletons as well. I mean, there's no telling how many of these sorts of things Mitch McConnell has done over the years. I don't know that, but McConnell didn't run for president. McConnell can, I mean, he's going to have some degree of scrutiny without, without question, and he has at times when we talk about McConnell's wife and her, you know, her arrangements. Um, she was in the Trump administration. She has some uh, significant and entailed Chinese business dealings, business slash political, political dealings. But McConnell was not vice president. McConnell never ran for president. So hypothetically, Josh, if you're Joe Biden and you look across the White House and Barack Obama sits over there and it's 2012 and you look at the, you know, your, your birth date and you look at his and you say, he's, I mean, this guy's not going to have any problem making a lot of money after being president of the United States. How am I going to do it? I'm not going to be a senator. I'm not going to be a vice president. I'm not a real interesting, talented, smart guy. I mean, everything I've ever done is kind of sort of political prostitution and thuggery. So if I'm not in politics, if I'm not a senator, if I'm not the vice president, what do I have to offer? Very little. Very little. So he goes to Hunter Biden and he says, son, this is kind of our last four years. Let's do all we can. I mean, let's do everything we can. And, and you know, I, you got to believe that Biden didn't consider himself. Well, I mean, he's the vice president, but he's in his 70s. I mean, he's, Was a, he he's in a his 70 year old. He's an 80 year old man now, right? So in 08, he would have been, what, 65? Uh, no, in 212. And so, so in 2016, Joe Biden is, ah, that would have been eight years ago. He's 72 years old. Right. Uh, Trump gets elected. So Biden knows that he's going to be 76. And I mean, I, I don't know that we noticed a significant cognitive issue at that time. But I mean, whether it's got a cognitive issue or not, I mean, I think it's, uh, he probably had some of that. Probably, I mean, nowhere near as much as he has now. I mean, I think he has episodes now where he's completely and totally incoherent. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it's every second of every day. But I think there are periods of time during every day of his life when he's kind of out of it. And and I guess, you know, they medicate and cycle and, and, and get him somewhere to take a nap or, or rest. or I don't, I don't know how they handle that. But but every now and then, if they get off schedule and if there's a, in some impromptu moment, I mean, it's obvious he can get completely disoriented. I mean, I'm talking about losing his way. You know, I, I forgot, I, I, you know, I, I turned left, I turned right. No, I'm talking about completely and totally incoherent as if he were to be medicated, but was not. But let's, let's argue that he had none of that. In 2018, when the DNC starts considering who to run against Donald Trump, because Hillary's gone, right? I mean, she's the heir apparent. I mean, she was the heir apparent in 08, but Obama beat her. So, so in 12, you know, Obama gets to be reelected. So Biden's riding the Obama coattail in mm-hmm. 8 and 12. 16 comes along. Uh, the Clintons are still, you know, not the rock stars of the party. That's Obama. But they're still next level. But I mean, they're not the opening act for anybody, right? I mean, the, uh, the Clintons are very accomplished. Uh, she was the Secretary of State and a senator from New York. He was a former uh, two, two-time elected president, still kind of a darling of the party. That, that would be a better – Obama's a rock star. Clinton would have been the darling of the party. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the difference is Clinton knew Bubba and Obama. Obama didn't. So you get to 16, 
Trump wins, upsets Hillary, right? I mean, Joe Biden's got to figure there's no place for him. I mean, you got, you got Obama in 08, Obama in 12. And then you've got Hillary in 16. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no time at the end of the calendar for, for Joe Biden. He's 72 years old. I mean, you know, and, and I, I, is he going to waste away in Delaware? Um, and, and along comes the pandemic, and along comes a lot of unusual things that probably have never happened before in American politics, and he gets the call. I mean, he gets the call from somebody at some point in time, and I, mean, I think Biden knew that, that, you know, I mean, we've heard Obama. Don't underestimate Joe's ability to blank things up. You know, Obama didn't hold Joe in high regard. Uh, Obama needed kind of a, a Northeast white liberal to normalize his ticket. Um, I mean, he couldn't, Obama couldn't have gone out and, and appointed K- K- Kamala Harris or chosen Kamala Harris as his VP. I mean, that wouldn't have flown. He knew that. I mean, it's David Axelrod and, and those who give him advice. They knew that the safest bet was to go, you know, to Delaware, find a guy that had been there forever, kind of a known commodity. Labor unions kind of liked him. They were comfortable with him. He knew his way around Washington. He brought a little bit of foreign policy experience to the table, and it worked. VP 12, I mean, an 8, VP in 12, uh, takes a pass in 16. Hillary wins the nomination. Um, and then in 2020, he's nearly dead on the vine. I mean, the Rev still believes that he didn't qualify in Iowa. That there's some provision that disqualifies you if you don't meet a certain threshold in Iowa, and um, you know, but but uh, Jim Clyburn kind of res- resurrects his career, and um, and the pandemic hits, and the media and DOJ and FBI and Twitter and Facebook and you know the media in general all kind of um choose sides, and they kind of nurse him across the finish line, so to speak. But I think Joe Biden believes that was as unlikely as we believe. I think Joe Biden was caught off guard. You mean to tell me, guys, you want me to stay in the basement, don't say anything, don't do anything, don't raise any money, uh, you'll do all that for me. Yeah, that's exactly what we're saying, Joe. I mean, if there's a negative story about your son's laptop, we'll handle it. I mean, DOJ, FBI, you know, we'll handle it. Uh, If there's an IRS investigation into your son's business dealings, we'll handle it. We just don't need Trump to be reelected because there's too much at stake. And, and that's kind of a reasonable theory here, that, that once he left the White House or the Office of Vice Presidency in 2016, in other words, Trump gets sworn in in 2016, uh, that would have been 2017. So we're a year later. Trump wins in 16, gets sworn in in 17. Uh, Biden's no longer uh, a political figure. And I just think there, there's some validity to that argument, that Biden believed this is our last hurrah. In other words, call Hunter. Hunter, how much money do we have? He called his brother, called these fans. I don't know. Uh, how much money have we made over the years? We made a lot, Daddy. How much have we spent? Nearly all of it. Remember, we bought the house formerly owned by the DuPonts. Remember, we got this beach house in Delaware. You bought this Corvette. Uh, we've got all these, you know, um, we got all these LLCs and offshore bank accounts. Got a little bit of money in uh, you know, your grandkids' names and your brother's name, and but there's just not enough to go around. You know, well, let's do all we can now to, to get all the money we can. And opens the spigots, um, gets very aggressive in making some of these deals and arrangements toward the end of his term as vice presidency. And I mean, I think that's when it happened. I think at some point in time during his term as vice president, Biden realized that the likelihood of him having a 
you know, um, another act or episode of a political career was slim to none. And he kind of told Hunter to put the foot on the gas pedal and let's do everything we can to drum up as much money as we can in the name of, you know, whatever kind of business you're running over the Hunter. I don't know anything. Remember, he doesn't know anything about Hunter's business. He's never talked to Hunter's. Um, and tell me, guys, uh, you know, who told you three weeks ago that the terminology had changed? The black lesbian said it again yesterday. Joe Biden has never been in business with his son. I mean, for years, it was Joe Biden doesn't know anything about his son's business dealings. Now it's Joe Biden has never been in business with it. That, that's the, I mean, that's the twist now. I can assure you we'll hear that over and over and over again because Devin Archer is going to testify that Joe Biden um, multiple dozens of times picked up the phone or was teleconferenced in to a meeting that Hunter was having with some of these foreign nationals. Now, Devin Archer's a, a shady character, uh, but he's Hunter Biden's partner. I mean, I'll just leave it there. Um, it seems like Democrats dig their own graves when they do this because it's always like there's suspicion about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And it's not like, well, you know, it's it's we don't want to comment on an open investigation. It's always there is no correlation or the COVID definitely does this or definitely doesn't do that. The vaccine definitely doesn't do this. It's never let's wait for something to come out. Well, I mean, they control the narrative. Exactly. And they know they control the narrative so they can be as aggressive as they choose. I mean, who's going to, I mean, do you really believe if Biden, well, let's use, um, yeah, Biden would have been, uh, let's, let's think of Fauci. I mean, if Fauci had come out and said um, emphatically, as he did, you know, here's what needs to be done. I'm sure that this is what needs to be done. W- what if the media challenged him? See, but Fauci knew the media wouldn't challenge him. I mean, he knew that was, I mean, he was in good graces. He's, um, you know, he's a lifer in the bureaucracies. He probably has uh, hundreds, thousands of connections within the media and, and the government. So so when Fauci, I mean, he knew that he wouldn't run into much resistance at all. Now, you know, and then that would be a mistake that Trump made in trusting Fauci or taking Fauci at his word. If I'm running against Trump in a Republican primary, I mean, there are two people I'm pointing to, Christopher Wray and, and Anthony Fauci. You know, thank you, Donald Trump, for introducing America to Anthony Fauci, introducing America to Christopher um, Ray. I mean, Ray was a Bush, excuse me, a, a Trump appointee. Um, but you're right. I mean, it, it would have been different if Biden would have said, you know, my son has a kind of an interesting political, an interesting business life that I know very little about. I mean, I've told you before, Josh, when you took this job and you would put things out there as a matter of fact, I would say, Josh, I don't know that I would say it that way. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. Uh, you, you would put things out like 32,000 this or 27,000. And I would say, no, say in excess or somewhere in the neighborhood of 32,000, because there may be a report that contradicts that number. Uh, we're reading something that says, you know, uh, 32,000 people voted in Pennsylvania that should not have voted. And and you you recount that. But but then a day later, somebody says, no, the number's really 27,000 or the number's 37,000. But if you've argued that the number's approximately 32,000 or it's in the neighborhood of 32,000, you've not kind of pinned yourself down to that one cold, hard fact. And I've just learned in politics, never, unless you're, I mean, unless it's mandatory, I mean, never pin yourself down to that one hard number 
because there may be a, a corresponding report that says the number, and it may be more credible than the one you just read, that said, the, no, the number's closer to, to this other number. But, but, yeah, if Biden had said, I mean, I think he gets some reprieve had he said, you know, my son has a very complicated life. I mean, he's fought addiction all of his life. He's got into these businesses. I don't know much about those businesses. Have we ever talked about it? I mean, you could imagine a father and son talk about a lot of things. That there, there, There's kind of a squishy answer there. He's left room. So, so when the report does come down, uh, but he didn't do that. I mean, he emphatically denied. I know nothing. I have never, to your point, I have never discussed my son's business dealings with him. Well, now the black lesbian is saying that Joe Biden has never been in business with his son. I mean, they know that some of these reports are credible. They know that some of these um, accounts are going to be corroborated, and Devin Archer is going to be somebody. And it goes back to what I said yesterday. Um, I mean, if you've been married and divorced one time, might be your fault, might be hers. If you've been married and divorced twice, might be yours, might be hers. Three, four, five, six marriages. At some point in time, you got to look in the mirror. And we got all this smoke. We've got RS whistleblowers. We've got FBI agents. We've got a 1023. We've got uh, a business partner now. We've got a foreign national. We've got a confidential human source. I mean, is everybody lying except Joe Biden? I mean, is everybody on the periphery just fundamentally dishonest? And Joe Biden is the beacon of trustworthiness. I mean, that's what he's asking you to believe, right? I mean, don't believe the FBI informant. Don't believe the IRS whistleblowers. Don't believe Hunter Biden's business partner. Don't believe the former CEO of Burisma. Don't believe the prosecutor. Don't believe anybody because they're all a bunch of liars trying to take down me. I'm the only truthful um, arbiter in this entire um, you know, scenario. And I just think that's absurd. I think people are smarter than that. I mean, you got 20, 10, 12, 15 people over here corroborating stories, recounting events. And you've got Joe Biden over here saying, I'm telling the truth. Everybody else over there is telling a lie. I mean, Donald Trump has been treated differently than any president ever, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't know what Andrew Jackson dealt with because we didn't have a modern media and modern, you know, a media infrastructure. We didn't have talk radio. And I, I don't have any idea how Andrew Jackson would have been treated in today's world. Probably similar to Trump because there were similar dispositions there. But, but you're right. I mean, the, the, the denying, the emphatic denial about any of this and all of this and every, every aspect of this. And I don't want to play psychoanalysis. I mean, I, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. But something about his voice, the, the aggressiveness in his voice, when he begins denying this, it's how dare you. I mean, how dare you? It's it's not. I mean, and, and look, he's shaking. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, it sounds different. It's not. I didn't do this. I'm an honorable man. It's how dare you challenge me? How do you not know who I am? I mean, I've been in this city since the mid '70s. I've earned my keep. I've carried the water for the Democrats. I've carried the water for some of these committees and subcommittees. Um, how dare you challenge me? No matter what I choose to do or not. Now, once again, I'm not a you know I'm that psychoanalysis, and I'm not capable clinically or professionally to do that, but it sounds, the denial in his voice sounds different than somebody who historically or traditionally says, I didn't do it. I mean, I didn't do that. I'm being accused of something I didn't do. It's a little bit like, how dare you accuse me of something that I, that I didn't do? Well, I mean, I think we're beginning to find out now that he did do a lot of these things. Um, and, and I, and I go back to the, the odds of probability. I mean, what are, what are the odds that IRS whistleblowers are out to get Joe Biden. I mean, what are the odds that a confidential human source is out to get Joe Biden? 
What what are the odds that an FBI informant is out to get Joe Biden? Um, now we're finding out. I think the Federalist reported this morning that um, the FBI Pittsburgh office said the 1023 could be corroborated and needed to be further investigated. And they're wondering if the DOJ began to really tamp down uh, their pursuit. I mean, that's a new story out today. It's the Federalist, which is a right-leaning um, conservative website. But, but you know, is everybody lying? I mean, if you're, if you're singing in the choir and you're singing off-key, are you singing in key and everybody else is off key? Or are you singing off key and the other hundred members of the choir are singing, you know, on key? I mean, that, that's the argument he's trying to make. And and once again, I think some of the um some of the premise of Biden believed that his political career was over in 2016. And he knew that it was about time to ride off into the sunset, and he probably did a review of his financial, you know, affairs. And said, we need more money. So let's go to work. Uh, And this would have been during the the vice presidency. Uh, I doubt he did much of this post-vice presidency. This would have been during the time he was vice president. And I think, you know, that's probably the most fundamental decision he's made. I mean, in 12, when he gets reelected. Here's a fair question. When Biden gets reelected in 12, he knows Hillary's there, right? And Hillary's going to probably get the nomination in 16. Nobody saw Trump coming, so... You, you probably think that that um, Hillary's going to run against uh, John Kasich or Jeb Bush or somebody like that. But I mean, the world turned upside down when Trump gets there and the Republican voters supported uh, Trump in record numbers. But but if Biden's there in, let's say he's in the Naval Observatory, that's the residence of the, uh, of the vice president, and in comes his son, in comes his brother, in comes, you know, two or three other family members, the members of that, that Biden cartel, and, and they gather up and they kind of, kind of, once again, as I said earlier, they say, hey, man, the guy in the White House is going to be fine. He's a young guy. He's charismatic. He's transformative. He's going to make a lot of money when he leaves the White House. I mean, his payday is yet to come. How are we going to keep our heads above water? What value do we bring to any financial arrangement? I mean, none of us have ever been in business, right? I mean, the only business we've ever been in is me being a senator and me being a vice president. Well, I'm no longer a senator. And I've got three more years as vice president, and then I'm done. So we better get all we can get while the getting is good. I mean, that, once again, that's just, that, it's not my theory. It didn't originate with me. I read it yesterday in a couple of places, and it's a very interesting theory to offer up. And then the phone rings in 16. Just give me the phone rings at 18. Joe, we got to beat this Trump guy. I mean, we, you know, our, our, our bench is weak. Because, you know, Obama was such a dominating figure. Um, Hillary can't win because nobody likes her. Her likabilities are in the tank. People still kind of like you, Joe. I mean, they, they can relate to you being, you know, Obama's vice president. That gives you some some street care with the African-Americans. You know, the, the first African-American president chose you to be the guy that, that ran with him. Um, so, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't have any idea. Does somebody tell them, whoever they are, I guess the, uh, the, do, the Democrat donor, class to somebody tell them beforehand, Hey, Joe's got some issues, but he slipped a good bit in the last four years. And yeah, but I mean, we got a pandemic. We've got, we'll put him in the basement. You know, he won't have to run a campaign. I I just think those are things you got to consider. And, and I I just, it makes more sense to me for that theory than any other theory I've heard. That's why you've got all these revelations that have happened. They got a little careless. Um, you know, 
I fired the SOB or they fired the son of a gun. They fired the SOB, you know, and, and that's just, that's careless. I mean, that's, um, that, that goes beyond arrogance. I mean, there, there's one thing about being arrogant, but that is, I mean, that blows arrogance out of the water and goes straight into this, um, this, this world of, uh, you know, just like careless and reckless and, uh, and, and I, you, once again, let, let, let's, let's say this again, Josh, if there are a hundred people in the band, and one person singing out of key, and the other ninety nine are singing in sync with one another. Who's? I mean, is everybody else out of key? I mean, is that the argument you're going to make? I mean, we're sitting in G flat. I'm I'm, I'm in G minor, you know. But everybody else is out of key. I mean, that that's what he's starting to ask you to believe. No, nobody else is believable. Um, and the media will say things like, you know, um, well, the, the the IRS whistleblowers are probably hacks. And the 1023 confidential, uh, the document, the FBI uh, archived or memorialized, you know, that guy had some skeletons in his closet. And, you know, the Burisma CEO and the, the Ukrainian prosecutor and and now Devin Archer. He's in a, um, in a bond scandal. Um, but Hunter Biden was involved in that. But he was involved in that. And it's just, it, it's hard for me to believe that the Democrats will continue to defend him. I mean, it really and truly is. I, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again. Over, I don't know, over the last 10 days, something has happened in the DNC that leads me to believe they're about ready to dump uh, Joe Biden, that they believe these stories are too uh, believable. Uh, there, there's going to be too much information. I don't know if you saw this or not, but James Comer said yesterday that he would rather not have a special counsel. He would rather the oversight committee be in charge of the investigation because he doesn't want Merrick Garland appointing a special counsel because he thinks that'll be political favoritism and they'll never get to the bottom of it. That's interesting that the chair of an oversight committee would say no to a special counsel. I mean, the first time the chair of an oversight committee normally says when he thinks there are some uh, improprieties is let's get a special counsel. Let's get an independent special counsel appointed to go, you know, find out the truth, the whole truth, and nothing uh, but the truth. But Comer says, I would rather be in charge of the investigation. Now, once again, Comer's a Republican. There's no doubt about it. Comer would probably be as aggressive as anybody in trying to bring Joe Biden down. I mean, if Jim Comer's footnote in history is to have brought an American president to his knees, I mean, that's, you know, you get statues built for you. You get portraits in hallways when you do those sorts of things. But Comer's providing facts. Right? I mean, did, were, were those two IRS agents ghost? No, they're real people. Is Devin Archer a ghost? Is the confidential human source a ghost? No, I mean, th- these are real people. You've got to determine how believable you think they are. You want to jump in there, Josh? Well, I mean, I was going to say, I think that the Democrats bet on the wrong horse. Because I remember back when the Democratic primaries were going on, you know, in the the, Demo- the Democrat debates, Joe Biden seemed to me like to someone who's, you know, a low information voter, perhaps a the obvious choice, you know, former VP. He and he seemed fairly cognizant at the time. But I think they just he went way downhill and they're kind of and that's why I think you're right, because they're like, oh, we we kind of messed he, up. OK, but I think you can, if he's let, let's say he is in. I mean, I think most people would agree to this. I mean, if you're honest, uh, he's in cognitive decline. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, most people in their 80s are in cognitive decline. He's in a very accelerated state of cognitive decline. 
So if you take that Josh, but he doesn't have all these scandals, you may try to endure. Mm-hmm. Because Trump has a lot of, I mean, Trump has high negatives. Trump's unfavorabilities are high. So you still play in politics here. It's still about math. So, so if Biden was in significant cognitive decline, as he is, but didn't have these scandals, the Democrats may still roll the dice and mm-hmm. say, hey, given Trump's high negatives and high unfavorables, we still think we can beat him with Biden. But that's crazy. But, but I think when you combine the cognitive decline with the scandal after scandal after scandal, witness after witness after witness, um, corroborating evidence after corroborating evidence after, I mean, we've got bank records. We've got LLCs. Nobody knows what the Bidens do. We've got art sales now. I don't know if you saw this or not. There's a story out today that one of the appointees bought a lot of Hunter Biden's art. I mean, she yep. would be one of these Democratic elites, but she bought a bunch of the art. And, and now we're wondering whether that was an exchange. And that goes back to my belief that Biden said, let's get all we can. I mean, we're nearing the end here. And, and, and you know, we don't have enough money to do everything we want to do. Let's get all we can. And you get aggressive and you get careless. And when you're when you're practicing political thuggery, I mean, it's what you do. It's who you are. And I think it is who they are and what they do. But I still believe, Josh, to your point, if they, if Biden's issue was simply and only cognitive decline, they would roll the dice. That they, they would take a chance. They probably wouldn't debate. That they would take a chance on Trump's high unfavorables and high negatives. I want to ask, though, because I'm kind of curious about this now that now that I think about it. I wonder, you know, we're in conservative talk radio, so we're constantly looking at this information and and taking all this kind of information in about these stories. But what like the kind of the Seinfeld watcher or your average Democrat, how much of this are they actually getting exposed to? Because as as you've pointed out many times these big Hunter Biden breaks in the story come out and MSNBC, CNN, they don't even talk about it. But it's not going to change the Democrat. It's the independents. Remember, we talked about these 250, 500,000 people in 28 counties in about five states. I mean, that's the target audience. I mean, electoral college politics is all about that. I mean, it's all about, excuse me, Pennsylvania, Georgia, um, Wisconsin. I mean, Georgia should be red. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if we've solidified or fortified some of the uh, some of the voting in in Georgia, Georgia will be red. I mean, it doesn't matter what Trump's unfavorables are. I mean, it, Georgia will be red if they've addressed some of the issues. Um, but but you go to independent Pennsylvania, independent Wisconsin, independent Michigan, independent Arizona, independent um, Nevada. I mean, that that's where the votes are. What 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 are those voters inclined to do? And I think they're not inclined to vote for a guy they believe is in cognitive decline, but is also a part of scandal after scandal after scandal. You're not going to change the Democrats' mind. I mean, they believe this is a witch hunt. They, they think Trump was treated more fairly than, than Biden. You know that's better. I mean, you know better than that, and I know better than that. But, I mean, the Democrats are the Democrats are the Democrats. I mean, that, there's a reason they're Democrats. The independent voter is who I'm talking about in these 28 counties that Trump has to do better in than he did in 2020. 